Hello and welcome. In this episode, West Lothian UFO Encounter becomes a film, Alistair Crowley, and ghosts are nothing more than our imagination. I'm your host, Reeves Cook, and welcome to Paladin. Welcome back to Paratalk, and this episode is going to be a little more freewheeling. Um, I thought that uh, we'd change it up a little bit and um, have a show that was a little bit more relaxed um, and uh, easygoing. Of course, I've still got some interesting topics to talk about, and one of them, which we're going to start the episode with, is one that I think all of you, or most of you, are going to be aware of but uh, when I found uh, this news article I was unaware that uh, this uh, account was going to have a, a possibly a film made from it so the, the title is the 1979 West Lothian UFO encounter um, I think that most people would um, be more familiar with the Detchmond Woods UFO incident uh, that would happen to a Robert Taylor, who's no longer with us, where he was um, a forestry worker and he had a an encounter with something that was truly bizarre. He was doing his rounds one morning, checking the gates and the hedge areas, the boundaries basically for the forest area. And he walked into a clearing and encountered a a cylindrical object which kind of secreted these two other objects which came up to him, uh, scratched his leg, he lost consciousness, uh, woke up sometime later, very disorientated, and uh, got back home, relayed his story, and it kind of things went from there. There has been a, there a book came out uh, a few years ago, which tells all of the account and all of the story, which is a very interesting read. So I, I would advise anyone to look it up and find the book. It's it is it's a good read. Um, but anyway, so I wasn't I wasn't aware that there was going to be a a film or a possible film put together. Uh, but until I read this account, now the individual uh, in 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 this case is a, a James Turner, and he's written a script based around the, the late Robert Taylor and his and his experiences, uh, and his uh, you know his alleged brush with alien life. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later because I do have an opinion and some idea where this might be going. Now, James tells of the layout for the screenplay as based around flashbacks uh, of the event Taylor experienced. And um, 
it's kind of laid out like that. I, I don't know any more information. I can imagine that it's going to be done in a kind of a retro way so that we're watching it more as a memory rather than someone telling telling a story uh, rather than uh, the story. Um, so it kind of a, a more of a, a what I would suggest is a, a like a docudrama. Now, of course, when I hear reports of this and you, you know, this is a classic UFO case for anyone uh, in the field of accounts. If even if you are not familiar with the case, I suggest you go and look up and read. I mean, there's an awful lot of information regarding it. It was very well documented. Um, there were, you know, people out there saying that uh, he completely hallucinated the whole thing. I, I disagree. Uh, I, you know, there's enough. There's enough factual evidence that something he encountered something, whether it was a spaceman from another planet. It could really be anything. Uh, we don't really know. We don't really understand this phenomenon as it is. So I think that um, it's it's good news that possible film is in the works. Whether it'll be something that is uh, factual, uh, I hope. I hope it's not too much fiction, in the sense that they try and make it into a horror film, or you know, like they've done uh, other other. Uh, associations have done when they've made films regarding haunted places and stuff they try to make it into a horror film which it's you know it's very disheartening when you see stuff like that but who knows you know fingers crossed it could be great let's wait and see and i'm i'm looking forward to something that's going to be a great retelling of a of a classic ufo case so moving on to our next story um, this one is based around Loch Ness. And of course, when you say Loch Ness, you immediately think of Nessie and the Loch Ness Monster. But this one isn't regarding that. This is more to do with uh, Alistair Crowley. Now, he was uh, he had the name as, of the wickedest man in the world. And he lived in a house known as uh, Bolskeen House, which is on the banks of Loch Ness, many years ago. And uh, in this house, allegedly, he practiced his, his occult rituals, his magic, and many strange things went on there. Now, it was, a, I believe, a single-story building. I think it had a basement. Um, it was your. It was slightly larger than a an average size home, and uh, it was, you know, it had a thing about it. So many many years later, the building passed into the hands of uh, Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page. It just so happened that Jim, Jimmy Page knew who Alistair Crowley was. He was a little bit of fan of Alistair Crowley. You know, he was, his notoriety, Alistair Crowley's notoriety back, even back then, was still quite a thing. And uh, now Jimmy Page didn't really stay there very much, maybe a few times. Uh, he kind of mentions later on that the reason he didn't stay there very much is because the place had a a bad vibe. And he didn't feel comfortable there. So 
rather than sell the building on, he had a friend and he decided that uh, he would offer it to his friend to stay there as a kind of uh, like a keeper of the property. Um, and this individual, uh, Mr. Dent, Malcolm Dent, he moved in with his family and lived there for many, many years. I think he passed away in 20, I think it was 2011 that he passed away. But he lived there for many years with his family. And he said it was many, when asked, have you experienced anything weird? Uh, he said that I had a great time. You know, it was a lovely place and lovely area. But definitely the building has uh, some strangeness about it. A few of the things that uh, were mentioned were the apparent, uh, dis uh, an apparent, well, allegedly an apparent uh, disembodied head of a former uh, a landowner of the area would be seen in the property and that the doors and windows would strangely open by themselves or be found open. And uh, the weirdest, uh, one of the weirdest things that uh, apparently was reported was that uh, the rugs that were in the building on the floor would sometimes be piled up in empty rooms, rooms that weren't in use. You would find a collection of rub rugs all piled up in that room. So very, um, very strange. Now, the whole point of me bringing all this up and tell you, telling you all this is because at the moment, many years later, uh, there was a fire and the the building was completely gutted the the whole of the roof collapsed and all that stands of this building now is four walls it's it is literally a a ruin uh there is a a movement at the moment that wants to generate income so that they can restore it but they don't want to restore it and someone to live in it they want to restore it and make it into a community building so that they can have events there and it's a community-based thing uh, personally i think um you might as well level it and build a brand new building but yeah i i really don't know what their plans are um i think that um there are two sides of the coin with people there are people that say it's a good thing it needs to be something needs to be done with it we need to build it back up and, and use it and then there's the other side of the coin where people are saying that's not a good idea because you're going to get people coming there who are into satanism uh they're going to want to you know get into the building and uh, you know all that stuff and uh, all the paranormal stuff still going to be there and uh it's going to be a, a haunted building and it's going to be horrible and people are going to walk away with curses and stuff who knows um you know uh, i have a um, opinion that um a, an area a place can be haunted it doesn't need a building and even if there is phenomenon in that building uh, possibly you can knock that building down and make another building or you can completely turn that area back into a field and you most probably the likelihood of that phenomenon continuing would be quite possible so on that note i think that uh, only time will tell so for our final story for this episode i think i've saved my favourite till last. Can you trust your own mind when it comes to the paranormal? Now, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that have experienced strange things in your life, whether it be seeing 
an apparition, hearing something, uh, seeing something in the sky, which you might think is a UFO or you're not sure. I know I have. I've experienced phenomenon on a number of occasions. And if somebody were to say to me right now, what did you see or what did you experience? My, I think my answer, my honest answer would be, I don't know. I don't know what I experienced. I don't know what I saw, but I saw something. So this article goes on to tell how maybe, just maybe, in some cases, that the phenomenon that we're experiencing or the phenomenon that's triggered is something that's internal. And this is what I've read about um, a number of times by other researchers, that maybe the environment plays a role in the paranormal that we experience as in apparitions ghosts sounds uh, all those kind of things that it's it's the environment as well that is the trigger is the catalyst i think there everything is interconnected and we have the stone tape theory where you know the silica and quartz in older buildings can act like a um, a very simple uh, recorder and under certain environmental conditions those sounds uh, are released um, and it's a similar thing but this is happening in our minds now for those of you who are have researched the paranormal for a fair a fair while you'll be familiar with an individual I'm sure called Vic Tandy now in the mid 80s I think it was about 85 86 um Vic, Tan Vic Tandy did a some research and he has experienced after experiencing actually a paranormal phenomenon uh, he decided that he would start to research it and find out if he could find a uh, a reason for it because on a number of occasions he'd experienced things that he couldn't explain one of Vic's uh, strange experiences was when he was uh, working at a medical equipment manufacturing shop. And on one occasion, employees would report spooky sensations and feeling of being of a presence in the room or, or being people that they couldn't see. And uh, of course, Vic kind of, to start with, dismissed all this and thought that they were just imagining stuff. This is was was until uh, one one night when he was there, and he he too began to feel like a cold chill, like the, the the temperature in the room was dropping, and the first thing he thought was maybe the medical gas bottles are leaking, and that's causing the temperature in the room to drop. So he checked those bottles, and they were fine, and he returned to his desk and he sat back down, and as he sat down at the desk he noticed at the corner of his eye what he describes as a gray figure emerging into the room and he could see it as a as an apparition like uh, his peripheral vision and then of course he couldn't believe what he was seeing and as he looked towards where the figure was it immediately vanished his research has taken him all over the place uh, he's done the london underground where there's been loads of reports of hauntings and paranormal activity. And he also did a, a couple of other cases that were paranormal activity in Warwick Castle, 
and places like that. And he came to the conclusion that possibly that it is infrasound, sound that we don't audibly hear, that is potentially affecting us to not all, but some of the phenomena to hallucinate. I don't fully agree that infrasound is the cause of all of the phenomenon, but it's interesting to note that a lot of the places that he investigated and he checked for infrasound, that infrasound was present in these places. Now, that that in itself is is interesting, but it doesn't it doesn't equate to everything. I I wouldn't say that infrasound is is everything. You know that that is the cause of all paranormal phenomenon. But it is interesting to take on board that possibly infrasound could be the cause of some of the phenomenon. So, for example, if two people are in a, a house or a castle and one sees an apparition and the other person says, do you see what I see? Uh, there are cases where both people see the same thing. But there are other cases where one person sees an apparition and the other person doesn't see anything or the other person does see something but it's something that's slightly different so it's a quagmire it the paranormal is a complete conundrum of we don't know and when it comes to us trying to learn ways to understand the phenomenon and what it could possibly be with the the late Vic Tandy, because he's no longer with us, but the kind of work he was doing and the kind of work that other researchers out there are doing, which helps us understand the phenomenon, is 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 very grateful. Um, it's just unfortunate that there is a, a side to the phenomenon where people will think, oh, it's grandma that's come back and that's it, and I don't want to hear any other reasoning. I think you have to be open-minded with this phenomenon you have to look at it from both sides of the fence and then draw a a logical conclusion from that rather than just thinking it's a ghost of grandma it looks like grandma therefore it is grandma so there you have it another episode of paratalk i thought that i would do something a little bit different for this episode i hope you enjoyed it um there will be other accounts coming which will be a little more structured but i just thought for this episode as i'm trying to find my feet and see what works that i would do more of a a laid-back episode and if and if it's liked then i will you know produce more which are looking around and looking at topics and stories from around the internet of course be sure to check out the website paratalkpodcast.com and I would be most grateful for any reviews or feedback that you give on any of the podcast hosts that uh, you may frequent to get this episode. And until next time, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.